Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to this edition of the Dose of Jesus podcast. I have not made an uh, episode in quite a while, and I think it's best if I start back, because I've, I've had a lot of requests to do some more episodes, but uh, as fate would have it, I haven't had much time uh, to do them. Uh, college life becomes a lot uh, more difficult uh, when you start to get into it, um, so I haven't really had much time. But I'm trying to make more time to do it because I think it's been, uh, to some people, a good deal of encouragement. Um, and I think that I it's it's being used by God, not, not nothing on my part, because this is not something that um, me driven. Because if if it was for me, then I would you know make a a podcast uh, about you know something other than you know the Bible. Even though I do enjoy the Bible. I would do it for selfish uh, reasons, but this I'm doing it for the mission of the gospel, and I do it to take the gospel to places that are unreached, and that has already been done in uh, several different countries. I've, I've tried to heed to the Matthew 28 advice, the Great Commission, to go therefore among all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That That is what I've tried to do. Um, even though I can't physically be there, I can uh, my voice can be there, um, and I feel like it has been to many different countries, and I think it is helping people um, on their journey with Christ and maybe even leading some people to the Lord. I pray that it is doing all those things, um, but anyways, I, I would like to get into today's episode. Uh, today's episode is entitled, uh, The God Who Is There, and I get this from a title of a book by Francis Schaeffer. He's a theologian, uh, and he writes this book about the God who is there, how he's not uh, the, the God we worship, the Christian God, is not a God who just creates us and leaves and lets us have fun here on earth, or else deism, in other words. You know, that's not what God does. That is the complete antithesis of the God of the Bible, because the God of the Bible is the God who is there. He is there for us, and he is there and we know he's there, and in, in, within the book that uh, Francis Schaeffer writes, he talks about how we know there are morals, and we know that there's right and wrong because there is a God who is there. But I would like to use that phrase in a different sense today, and I want to use that phrase in conjunction with this uh, chapter from Hebrews, and I'm going to read verses 10 through 18 of Hebrews chapter 2. A lot of people are familiar with this, but I'd like to um, read this to you so that you can really understand how God is there for us. We'll start now in verse 10. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I in the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power over death, that is, the devil, and release those who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, 
he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make a propitiation for the sins of the people, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So as we see here, we see the God who is there. And more specifically, we see Jesus who in the likeness of man, who in the uh, Emmanuel form, God with skin on, he comes down to rescue us, to save us. And we all know that we all know the story of the gospel, at least most people do, uh, how Jesus, how God had sent his son to the earth. He was born in a manger, just like uh, it was like a humiliating uh, thing for God to do. If we think about it, uh, God, who is God, he is beyond all existence that we know. He's beyond all of our existence. He comes down in the form of a man. He makes himself lowly for us. He almost It's a humiliating thing for uh, God to do that. and But he does it anyways for us. We know that he came down in, in the form of a man. And he was born in a manger, a lowly manger. And then uh, around the age 30, uh, he began his ministry. And then, you know, 33, we know that um, uh, what we know through those uh, years that he preached the gospel to everyone, the good news of what he had come to do, how he came to save the world. And we know that he came uh, and he died and he rose again. We know that that is core to the Christian belief. And but the thing is, a lot of people stop there and they don't really think of Jesus after that. They think, oh, I prayed a prayer to Jesus and he's died on the cross for my sins and he rose again. And that's about it. But that is not, that is not at all uh, where Jesus is left off because he's not only there for us when we were at our, in our bondage, when we were in our sin, when we were in death and our muck that we had put ourselves in, but he's there afterwards too. It's just like it says here in verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So that's us. We were in bondage, as Paul says, to sin. We were slaves to sin. That's what uh, Paul says in Ephesians, that we were in captivity to it. We were slaves to sin. But now, and then Paul even describes this later, that he had become a slave to Jesus Christ or uh, um He'd become a slave to Jesus Christ in the sense, not in a bad sense, but in the sense that he's changed masters from the master of sin to the master of life. So he's changed. He had a transposition from uh, the master of death and darkness to the master of life. So now he's a good slave to Jesus Christ. So when you are a master, when you are under a master, you want to follow that master. And we were under the master of darkness and evilness. And now, as Christians, we have transpositioned, we have transposed from, from that to the master of light, which is Jesus. And now we see in verse 16, Indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Verse 17, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Verse 18, finally, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So now, not only... Do we have Christ who came to redeem us from sin 
and to rescue us from the bondage we had put ourselves in. But we have a, a faithful high priest, a merciful and faithful high priest, it says in verse 17, that is has made a propitiation for our sins. And verse 18 says that he, for in that he himself has suffered, he was tempted, but he is able to aid those who are tempted. So now even after he has saved us, even after he has rescued us from darkness and from sin, he is able to understand our sufferings. So we know that it says in, in the Bible that we can cast our cares upon God because he cares for us. We know that. It says that. But how exactly can we cast our cares to him? How exactly does that happen? Well, we cast our cares upon him and he understands our worries. We, he understands our sufferings. He understands our temptation. It says in Hebrews that he was tempted in every way, but he did not give in to those temptations like we do. You see, sometimes we will give in to desires that are either bad desires or good desires, and we will give in to them, and that reaps sin. As it says in James, we go from um, sin, from uh, desire to sin to death. That is the um, in chapter one of James how we go from a desire for something, and then that leads to a sin being acted upon, and then the sin leads to death, and there we are right at our bondage. We cannot stay under bondage to our sin because we are under our master of light and master of goodness, which is Jesus. But he does not give aid to angels, but he gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Uh, and therefore, in all things, he made he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of people. For in that he himself had suffered, he was tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So through his suffering, he's able to understand us. You see, I had a great word of advice from my boss one time, and he said, don't just listen to respond, but listen to understand. You see, a lot of people that we go to ask advice, we go to seek wisdom and counsel, sometimes they will just listen to respond. But what Jesus does, on the other hand, is listen to understand See, when we come to Christ, we know that he has gone through all the sufferings, all the pains, all the temptations that we ourselves now go through. And, and he is able to understand the pain and suffering we are going through. And this is even an example for us to follow in talking to other people. We must not stay and, and listen to respond to someone, but listen to truly understand how they feel and how they feel in that moment. And how the suffering that they are experiencing in that moment is leading to pain on their part. We must try to listen. Even though we may not understand, we can try to understand what someone is going through. But overall, we have a God who is there. We have a God who is there for us. And therefore, if he is there for us, we ought to be there for others. We ought to reflect exactly what he does for us. We cast our cares upon him. He cares for us. Let us be burden carriers for other people as well. Not so much so that we burden ourselves so much that we, we hurt ourselves, but we take others' burdens and we try to understand what they are feeling as well. We know that he cares for us because he is there. He is not the deistic God where he just creates us and leaves and tells us to have fun. 
You see, he is the God who is there. He is the God who truly does love us. He's the God who made himself like us to understand us and to die for us. See, that is the God who is there. And that's the God we serve. And that's the God we worship. This is the God we are talking about right now. And he's the God who is there. He's the God who is there for you right now in this very moment. It says, For in that he himself suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted as well. No matter what you are going through, no matter what suffering, no matter what temptation you may feel, he understands it. And he is there. And he is there for you always. He is always there when our sufferings come. Because he was there when they arose. He was there and he felt every suffering that you feel right now in this very moment or whether this moment comes to pass or whether this moment stays, he understands it. But as it says, we have hope right now. In verse 17 it says, In all things he was made like us, like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make a propitiation for the sins of the people for us. For in that he himself suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted as well. May this be a word of encouragement to you, and I pray that you will take the God who is there and truly trust in him today.